freebrooklyn.org. You guys hear anything? You guys hear yourselves? I hear Ralph. Yeah. I me. hear Ralph. That's me. I hear Ralph on the microphone. Bam. Ralph, I'm in the place to be. Oh, what was that? 19. Okay. God. All right. Hey, I, I'm, move, I'm moving sluggish, and I'm going to accept it about myself because I'm full of nachos. <laughs> Ralph is full of nachos. We've been told it's the truth. One one moment. I'm going to lapse into engineer mode. Oh, please. Ooh. Oh, we got yes. some engineering happening live live in Radio Free Brooklyn Studios, everybody. Some engineering. Whoa. Wave to this camera. Let's wave to my camera. Yeah. Hello, Howard's camera. Oh, it's all. Oh, wow. Everything is camera. Hello, Ralph's camera. Everything is camera. Okay. Everything is cameras. Cameras grow. Everything, everything is gone. Everything's rolling. Everything's cameras. Everything is, uh, everything's rolling. Clean, clear, sound. Dave, Dave, I love your nephew's enthusiasm, but I don't know that he knows any of the terminology. He's young. He's got, he's got like a bright energy, and uh, that's why my sister wanted me to bring him in. It, he's bringing something that all these like old white. Pardon my French, but these old white ducks, like these guys wow. are not going to bring this movie where it needs to be. Like we need Gen X. We need young. All right. That was good. That was good for sound, but everything's camera right now. So just, just so you guys know, because I called it out before and you guys, you know what I mean? So if you're going to, if you're going to interact with this guy, just know that everything is camera right now. Um, will there be sound there, Daniel? I, I run, I'm camera department, so everything's camera. I thought it was going to sound in. Look, have you ever had, like, someone just hand you their kid, like, drop your kid at the doorstep and say, hey, I'm running out, my marriage isn't going well, and I really need you to get my son where he needs to be, so you take little Danny and you bring him to your big production studio where James Cameron is knocking on the door at any minute, James Cameron could walk right in here? You know I feel the pressure. I feel the pressure of having Danny here, but I'm just going to let him spin out because you know how my mom raised me? She threw me in the deep end of the pool. Oh. Uh-huh. Hold on, everybody. Uh, I, I, I'm speechless right now because you just, you, just you just gave a testimonial that was heartfelt and real, and it just touched me. I think it, I think it touched you. Um, it touched a nerve, Daniel. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Dave, I, I, I just took this as good old-fashioned, you know, basic crass nepotism but it's not it's something from this is this is real life showing up and what am i doing i'm, I'm griping about it daniel david i'm sorry the, literally everything is camera. I, I get why i get why it was tough for you um because recently i started microdosing mushrooms and experimenting with psilocybin and so as of lately there has been no obscure behavior that i haven't found an extremely profound emotional attachment to. Even now, it's kind of welling me up. This is—is is, is, is that what was that craft services? I thought it was just they were just mushrooms for craft services. I I ate a bunch of those. You you had the the little pack, the little black pack on the table. I thought that was just uh, for protein to keep everybody. Yeah, sick, I but. found more of them in a drawer under the table, and and me and Danny split them all because they were kind of small, but yeah, I think you guys should be working together. And not working against each other. I, I look. This isn't my first time being with two people 
tripping balls in a major movie production studio. Did you ever just like, just not to interrupt? Yeah. Did you ever just stop and feel the air? Dude. And tell it that it's okay for it to do that to you? Whoa. Because otherwise the air has got to constantly be wondering whether it's doing something wrong. And that's fucked up to do to the air. Let it in. Let it blow through you. Okay. But you gotta speak it. You gotta speak its language. Whoa, that's amazing. Whoa, I'm getting messages. All right, I'm I'm a channel. I'm a scion, and I have a message to deliver to both of you, gentlemen, on this film set today from the great beyond. Are you prepared? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I'm getting from the great spirit, the universe, Gaia. Mother Earth and Father Son. Hold on. Okay, okay, okay. You're Hold you're peeing. You're oh. peeing yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's running down your leg. Take it in. Just accept the information. This is part of the message. All right, wait. There's another. Here we go. Scan. Yeah, that's good. See. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> I think those guys are gonna be just fine. They're gonna be just. Yeah, fine. Yeah, they're gonna make it. This is no suggestion, everybody. I'm Ralph Jean Pierre. Uh, Xavier Pearson is on vacation. Ooh. We got a new, we got a new, uh, 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 co host mm-hmm. for the next few weeks that we're honored to have. The great Jeff Grimwood Grimsey. Woo. Ralphie. Um, honored to be here. And we have a guest. Happy vacation to Xavier. We have a guest. You're gonna you're gonna give me all. You have three names. I have three. I'm names. gonna start with the first Howard. Yeah, and you you finish. I'll finish it. it. Yeah. Hendrix, like Jimi Hendrix and uh, Powell, like an old British Powell. man, like Colin. Wow, Colin, like Colin, like Colin, or like, Colin like Arthur, like Lord Arthur Baden, how Powell, founder of the Boy Scouts. Oh, how do people decide? Okay, Hendrix is is middle or last name? It's middle. How do people decide when they're gonna include the mm. middle? Yeah, yeah. And or and when they're just like, I'm just going first and last. I've got like a very detailed answer for you. I'm ready. I, I, I counted on you to have yeah. that. Yeah, I, yeah. I could tell. I'm like, <laughs> I love <promoted>. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Howard has thought about it. Yes. I love talking on a microphone yes. too. <laughs> that's, wow, okay, so Howard, that's my father's name. Mm-hmm. And when I was, you know, in utero. They were Great discussing. <laughs> they were discussing what my name would be, and my mom wanted my name to be Hendrix, like Jimi Hendrix. And these are like my parents are people that were my age in the seventies, so like Jimi Hendrix obviously was influential to them, yeah. uh, specifically my mother. And she wanted my name to be Hendrix Howard Powell. And then my dad, whose first name is Howard, was like, "Yeah, you're not naming my son after a dude who choked on his own vomit." Wow. <laughs> And uh, so then he swapped it, and uh, it's Howard Hendricks Powell, and so I'm named after my father. Now it doesn't it doesn't end there though. My all like all my mother's side of the family calls me Hendrix, mm. right? Oh, and Spiteful. all my dad's side <laughs> of the family and my sister call me Skills, not Howard, but Skills. Like a like a almost like a rap name, mm-hmm. like, you know. Whoa, yeah, yeah. And they all call me Skills. And when I asked my dad, like when I was old enough to contemplate what a name was, like, why do you all call me Skills? And he would just go, "Cause you got the skills to pay the bills." <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> I love a 
family non-answer to a question <laughs> that as a young person you want to know. Like, here's a question about my own identity that I don't have an answer for. And you do. Could I have that answer? And they go, no. Nah. <laughs> they don't give you anything. Only more mystery, I feel. So like, that started when you were very little? Very little. Like, I, I don't think I've ever heard my dad call me Howard. It's oh. like he, I came out of utero. And he was like, <laughs> he was like skills. So, I mean, I do feel that in families with like, you know, juniors, like or with people with two people, the same name in the same nuclear family, there often is something that one of them is called different or yeah. maybe they both are. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, like my dad uh, was Donald. His dad was Donald. But the, my grandpa was always Don or Donald. And my dad was always Donnie. Mm-hmm. Right, you always knew, and that happens a lot. I think, like the mm, young one, gets yeah, yeah, the yeah. Jimmy, or the other is James or something. Mm. But skills seems like it's comes from something. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it's kind of cool, right? That's it's very good. I, okay, so I want to uh, uh, let's open this up. So Howard is the younger brother of a former guest, first familial mm. family. Like we've had a, a sibling, a or legacy. Relative. Yeah, legacy. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, uh, one day we'll get Otto in here, maybe. Uh, he's, oh, he's way yeah. into it. Okay. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Um, so first legacy guest. And, um, I don't know if you heard uh, Rocky's episode, Rocky Powell. I haven't yet. No. Rocky Powell. Um, it was so many stories. It was basically just stories of how- different ways that she would party, <laughs> <laughs> oh different God, yeah. parties that she threw. And now, um, <laughs> and I'm hearing, and I remember her talking about how her house was like the party house and how it was like a, a safe place for everybody to mm. party and hang out. And it seemed like, I don't know, I don't know if I would say your parents were into it, but it was like, it was like, I feel like it was like an intentional, like, if you're going to party, do it here. Mm-hmm. Where you're, where yeah. You're so when I think back to those house parties that Rocky would talk about and like, just know, Rocky, I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> just know. <laughs> Like, I always make fun of Rocky because she loves friends and fun. And, like, the cynic in me hates that beautiful aspect of my sister's soul. (laughs) She cultivates community. Anytime I have an improv show, like, uh, two of my friends come, but, like, 18 of Rocky's friends will come. You know what I mean? But something about that really aggravates me. Like, (laughs) I'm like, oh, so you found that much joy in life and that many people love you. Uh, But that's true about her. Uh, My house growing up. So we grew up in this like city suburb off the shore of Long Island Sound in Connecticut, right? Like right on the border of New Haven. And so, uh, the shore was on the other side of the tracks and we lived on the other side of the tracks. You know what I mean? Like there was like a train trestle or track mm. that divided the town and it was like, the people who lived in the beach town lived in the beach town. And then like the people who lived in like the little city suburb lived in the little city suburb. And so my sister would make all, all of her friends were like, you know, like the beach kids. And uh, they would all come over to our side mm. of the tracks to party and drink in, the, you know, in our house and stuff. And me, a little toddler boy at the time, toddler boy, that's not the description I'll use. I was more of like a, a young soul. I had to stand on a chair to reach stuff. Still, you were a That's little guy. A little guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was a little guy, and I would hang out on the stairs and <gasps> listen to them party and <sighs> try and hear what they had to say, or run and sneak in the party, and then like try and talk to some kids who could stand me and be like, "Oh yeah, we're just out here talking with your brother," and she'd like, "Go upstairs, go." Lay 
leave me alone. <laughs> um, or she'd be cool. I don't really remember. It's I guess however I choose to depict her uh-huh. on this public yeah, yeah, platform. Yeah. Either she was a menace or she was beautiful. I was yeah. just a young boy. How mm-hmm. would I know? Just a little guy. Yeah. And so she'd always have these like parties with all of her friends. And then when I came of age and I was high school age. I was like so riddled with my own insecurities. I was like, you guys can't come to my house. You guys want to see how I live? Are you telling me I'll have to like take out the trash if you come over? Absolutely not. So I barely had people over. And so it's like these two like little small ripples in the water. We're very similar, Rocky and I. I mean, I almost feel like we have a very similar cadence how we speak. Mm. We look similar. But there's these small little things in time that – on certain aspects, we are totally different. So, like, her outlook on life is filled with joy. And mine is filled with, uh, I would say, dark joy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Like, dark like it's joy. more of like a sinister joy uh, than hers. Uh, but it's, I love it nonetheless. Listen, oh. I'm grateful you're filling in since my sidekick is in the hospital. Um, I know that, you know, uh, Super Clown, who you usually, you know, back up as his sidekick. He's got a whole vibe. I've got a much more dark and gritty vibe. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I see it. I see it for sure. Um, Clarence, um, were you able to tailor, um, were you able to ta- tailor Obsidian, baby Obsidian suit, um, to fit what? So I know he's Super Clown. I've heard him call you, um, Pogo? Uh, Pogo stick. Pogo stick. Pogo stick. Yeah. Oh my god, are you a butler? Uh, well, I I prefer to call myself a more of a, a manager or helper. That is what I would like to call myself. But He's I the have... backbone that supports the spine of the city, which is me and, and, and my sidekick, which right now is you. Support is a much, a much more uh, conducive way to... I am. I could be You're everything, Clarence. I'd, I'd be lost without you, and so would this entire city. Cute. I, I took the liberty of sewing you a short shorts, uh, board shorts, you might call them. So, just in case anybody asks when we're on patrol, I'm obsidian because I'm hard and sharp and darker than the darkest night. And in that way, I can absorb the shadows of the city to myself like a ancient Welsh sin eater, but don't say that part. Would I people... if you like some cheese? I've got some cheese um, wedges. I would love the charcuterie board of cheese, A, and B. Say no I, more. Thank you. Is this Brie? This is Brie. I just want a handful of grape nuts. Can I say something? And I know I'm a guest here, and I have to say this mansion An Ergonomic slash... bowl of grape nuts, yes. Wow. It's fancy. It's fancy, geometric and mid-century modern. So I am absolutely floored with the place. I was wondering, right? Because, you know, me and the clown, we have more of like a studio apartment vibe. For yeah, been there, it's not secure. It's not secure. It's whimsical. It attracts attention. The, Bla- blinking lights. The door is just a series of smaller, almost Russian doll-style doors that almost anyone could breach. So I don't feel safe there. So let's, I know this is sort of just a fill in, but just know I'm seeking a more permanent place of residence 
uh, to do my pogo stick sidekick action and obsidian. Like, I know I catch your vibe and I know that you're kind of like, Oh, feeling like we're polar opposites, but I'm feeling like a sort of yin and yang going on. I'm feeling like we're the complete package. I'm, I'm feeling stick makes a fine point. You've been searching for a sidekick for a very long time. Well, and, and, and chip, which is the, the working name of my sidekick. It's your working name for now is, you know, a little, a little chip of obsidian, just as deadly, just a little smaller. Um, he does end up in the hospital a lot. So if, if things work out, brittle, maybe brittle we, frame, maybe we need you back. Um, sturdy, and more brittle, more brittle by the year. Sturdy spirit, but brittle frame. I would like to describe my frame as that of a underground early 1980s Vogue dancer. Extremely flexible, mm-hmm. yet lean, mm-hmm. with an attitude that won't quit. I mean, you're bendy. I mean, look at you go. You're just wiggling, just standing in place. Just wow. I mean, Clarence, I've never. You're gonna have to add gussets to that suit. I've, this guy's bendy. I've taken the liberty of dry cleaning your top, your really frilled top. But so listen, let's say that Fantastic someone. Fantastic color. You've disarmed someone who, who brought a, you know, a contraband pistol to bear on, on me and my head, but you've disarmed him and now you've got the gun and you're holding it to his chin and you're not going to kill him, but you're going to, what do you, what do you say to him before you Perry, knock him out? Perrier. Oh, please. Just sparkling. Just, mm. just, well, all right. Since you already poured it, I'm going to, I would dump it out. So it's technically trash. I'll take yours. You don't right. have no, to thanks. dump it I'm out. Gonna I keep love of my grape What would you say to the guy? You've got it. You've got his gun to his head before okay. you knock him out. Okay, so you're walking me through this scenario where there's extreme violence and I've got to come up with a catchphrase. Yeah. This is the guy you want in that situation, right? So I've got a joke book of little whimsical things that I've said in the past that I've found to be good. And I'll usually try a couple of out. Like anytime Super Clown would take any small criminal down, I would just pitch almost like a... Think of like a 1970s madman, almost like writer's room, full of dudes, right? My word, I'm picturing it exactly. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. And so like that's kind of like misingers that I will pitch and, and give to you. And I've got like a boatload. So you never even have to, oh, I'm spilling this Perrier all over the place. You all right, you're, telling to- me, you're telling me about the museum, but I've yet to see one painting. What do you say to the guy? Okay, I need to feel the stakes of it. Like, all right, so let's say, uh, well, we'll, we'll let's get a real life example here. So he was in the middle of robbing i've taken the liberty of pulling out a shotgun thank you clarence yeah so he was yeah so he was in the middle of robbing a um well technically it was a the safe in the city's largest grocery store you know um but he had taken all of the wages that was supposed to go to the people they had all the money like two weeks worth of revenue all cash had in a big bag which had actually been a a um I've taken the liberty of robbing a local bank. It was a so burlap bag that had, had, had coffee beans in burlap it. Burlap bag. Can you do cash. anything with that? It was, it was a bag. It looked like a bag of coffee. It was a bag of stolen money. I'm waiting and, to be zinged. Yeah. Okay. So, I, got, I got one. So cock the shotgun, and I'll give you what I would say if we were on the sidewalk, uh, on right. the, in the street alley. I have to release the burlap bag in order to cock the... Well, I suppose I could do a one-handed... I know you can't. Clarence. I was you, you were MI5, MI6, uh, MI3, and you found it MI9. Right, Look at Clarence go. go. There we go. You kind of have to let me put out my cigarette first. <laughs> oh, delightful. Tell me that wasn't madman. I didn't I didn't know where it was going to go, but God, that's Tell me that wasn't madman. Bogo stick has my vote. Clarence. I feel every day, every time I go to work and I zip up this suit, I feel like the sky 
I am the sky at 3 a.m., the darkest and blackest and darkest it ever gets. Hmm. And right now I feel like it's 4.15 and a tiny bit of sun is poking in. And by God, I like it. You've got the job, Pogo Stick. Oh, thank you so much. I got a question for you. Yeah. And this will make or break it for me. Do, yeah. you, do you kill or do you not kill? You I see? don't kill. I am out. Damn it. See him. <laughs> oh, wonderful Pogo Stick turn. Wants to- <laughs> Super Clown's holding it oh, back. Oh, shit. What a turn. I didn't see that coming at all. All right. We got, some, uh, we got some traction. I'm not talking to a microphone. What? What? Okay. I want to, before I lose this thread, I want to hear this story mm. of the, uh, you, I'm going to take you back to, you're in college. Okay. You come to New York. Okay. To visit your, to visit. Yeah, and, and 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 you're Long Island boy, so it's not like a huge trek. No, but you're no, just coming Metro North, two hours. It's a one hour twenty minute train ride. Yeah, or so you don't have to stay over drive. if you come to the city. I don't have to. No, no. And I, technically, like right now, if I wanted to go, I could get home in twenty four hours, nonstop, if I didn't walk. That's what Google Maps would tell me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. It's right there. Right. It's there. right there. It's right there. Um, but you're coming to the city. Are you? What what is your this story is fascinating to me. What is your relationship to acting comedy before this? Okay, so because your your sisters your sister grew, grew up doing theater stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I, I'll tell I'll tell it I'll tell it I'll tell it. And it'll be so good. Yeah. Uh, so I started basically. Yeah, I would say my sister has been a, a great inspiration in my life. Uh, rolling my eyes, Rocky. Yeah, you're so great. <laughs> We're all rolling our eyes, Rocky. Just, for just so you know, because I'm sure she'll listen, I just want you to know that as soon as I walked in here, like it was just like your name being dropped, <laughs> like changed the the temperature of the room. Yeah, Everyone was yeah. like, "Oh, you're Rocky." Oh, okay, so that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so my sister, uh, she had um, she was doing uh, high school plays when I was in like middle school or something, or elementary school. Not to date you, Rock, but whatever. <laughs> um, and they were doing this production of Little Abner. The I think it's a musical. Wow. Are you familiar with it? Because I'm. I don't remember. It was a I, comic I, strip. I think when I was it was a comic kid. strip, and then it was some sort of yeah, like a musical. Oh, they in like the, in like and I think it's in like the Oklahoma vein. Like not subject matter wise. No, subject matter wise. Little Abner was like it was like a hillbilly. Yeah, but like a yeah, like a hillbilly when yep. that was briefly yeah. in vogue. I just remember it was a story these high schoolers needed to hear. Um, (laughs) So anyways, they were doing this production of Little Abner. (laughs) And so there's a scene in the play. I don't even remember. There's a scene in the play where um, there's a guy, a businessman comes into town. And there's this hillbilly potion that these townsfolk Mm. are trying to poach on to the the businessman. The businessman's like – uh, can I swear on here? What's yeah. the vibe? Okay, so this man is like, fuck that. Like, I don't believe that that potion works or whatever. And uh, what they say is like the potion will make you big, right? So they cast this guy who had like curly hair and uh, was my complexion. And so they go, why don't we get like a kid oh. to do the first couple of lines and we'll do some stage magic <laughs> That's and amazing. we'll reveal this big man, right? <clears throat> and so my sister was like, my brother will do it. Like before even asking me, she was like, he'll do it. And obviously <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it um, cool. because I had like so many skills <laughs> at my fingertips. And so 
I went and I did it. And I remember they said that I was too short for them to put a body mic on me. Like that it wouldn't pick it up or something. So I had Holy to hold moly. a physical microphone, Whoa. which in world is so ridiculous if you think about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they did this stage trick where like I came out and had like a two or three lines where I was like, I'm the businessman and blah, blah, blah. And I don't believe this. And uh, then they, then you know, they crowd around me. I escape out to the stage left wing, and then they reveal this big guy. And so that was my first time doing a live performance. And I was just oh. a, a little kid, so like I think sort of, I don't know. Like when you start to do something young, you, you, you oh yeah, it, it sticks onto you. Oh yeah, and it also like kind of the fear is in a different place. You know what I mean? I hear, I remember there's one story from that where uh, I was someone told me I threw up like right before I went on stage, but I don't think it was out of nerves. I think I was just like a sick kid hanging out mm. with a bunch of like greasy high schoolers. And I remember I'd be like sitting there and we'd be playing like board games back. It was definitely not an environment I should have been in, but like <laughs> it was an environment I was used to <laughs> because of all the house parties. Yeah. And yeah. Like that. And they all watched out for me because I've been very protected being Rocky's brother. That is a, a theme throughout my life. Wow. So if I like, Tell me if this. I'll hazard a guess. Yeah, if I had a hazard a guess. It would be that Rocky's the kind of person where somebody's like, "No, that's that's Rocky's little brother." It's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, guy." You yeah, I mean? yeah, right. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like Rocky's somebody who would come whoop ass. Yeah, need be. yeah. And also, I feel like we come from like a stock of people that would also whoop ass on our behalf without uh, us asking them mm. to. So, like, there was mm-hmm. also like an element of like protection that almost felt like I don't know, I don't know, like it's like ambient. Yeah, yeah, ambient. Fucking That's ambient. So fast forward uh, to me in high school. I obviously know like the drama teacher and everything. And they're like, oh, my God, it's skills, right? Because <laughs> my sister is the one who calls me skills. So they're like, oh, my God, it's skills. Oh, look how big you've gotten. And so I auditioned for all of the plays. And I was a part of the theater community in my college. I'm part of me in my high school. Uh, but I always did the arts. I uh, was a big visual artist. Um, mm. I loved to draw, and I was in the studio arts honors class. Shout out, Miss Sarasi. Um, and I would draw and draw and draw, and my mother and my sister were like, you should go to college for graphic design, for drawing or visual art illustration. Hindsight, super glad I didn't because now they just invented technology that mm. can do all that. <laughs> so, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we'll see how that works. Yeah. What if they start doing improv? What if they're super funny? Oh, shit. I'm worried well. about it because <laughs> there's no money in it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gold. Yeah. So... I um I do all the plays and stuff, and then it's my senior year, and it's like, oh, what do I decide to do? So I start building this art portfolio of these, like, oh, my God, I'm so gifted with the pen, these beautiful drawings, <laughs> whatever. And I then decide, like, I think to myself, and I was like, in my senior year, I was like all the big parts in the plays, too. So it was like really like a part of my personality. And so I'm like, oh, you know which do I make a, a, a job and which do I make a hobby? Mm. And then that's that once I figured out that that was the question, I figured out which I wanted to do. And I thought to myself, I can make drawing a hobby all day. I, I never want to have a deadline, like a piece of art that I'm creating. But I thought about acting as a career. And obviously my sister had been like out of college at this point with her BFA in acting. So I had like a real perspective of like what to expect and yada, yada. And I was like, I can't imagine having to draw something on a deadline. Oh, this company needs this, whatever. Mm. But I could imagine like the sun is going down. You got to get this shot in one take. We need you to cry, blah, 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 or whatever it was. I could be like, yes, that's what I want to do more than anything. (sighs) So I was like, I 
ended up going to this college in in my state, uh, Western Connecticut State University. Um, <laughs> and I didn't want to go there. I had applied to some other universities in New York that I had gotten into, but it just like the the money wasn't there. It's and I hadn't even, oh yeah. Bananas. Bananas. My kid is 17. So we've been looking at all this and we're Ooh. like, and he's like, I kind of only want to apply to like this one really great SUNY school. And we're like, that's fine. Yeah, do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got yeah. it. Cause it's like the difference between like we, he, it's a, difference, it's a difference between like us being able to put ourselves in a nursing home or him having to put us in a nursing home and, and foot the bill. Yeah. Wow. Like when the time comes, it's like that. It's like a retirement or not. Yeah. 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 So, Oof. yeah. I feel that. And, you know, I was the second child in our household to go to college. So, like, my option was only that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I went to the state school and I was just like, I had such like an ego at the time, which I've slowly <laughs> dissolved almost entirely. Uh, right. Uh, you know, uh, and so I, I remember, <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, I didn't want to go to the state school. But Fortune had it that they had just built this like huge million dollar arts facility, art, music, theater, all in one big like on a hillside Connecticut like mecca of a of a of a theater arts center. And so I really lucked out. Like my class was the first class of people to be studying at these like didn't even smell in the dressing room. Didn't even (laughs) smell and like like yeah, it was great. And I remember like we're, we're coming in, like the light fixtures were still hanging from the walls and stuff. And we had to take our shoes off in the studio. That went away pretty fast. But anyways, uh-huh. I remember being like, well, if I'm so great, like if I'm so much better than this state school, in my opinion, then when I audition, I should get whatever fucking part I want. Right. <laughs> and I walked in there with that like Johnny Big Dick energy <laughs> and, was like, <laughs> and was like, and was like, audition for this show. Like, I remember they're doing Shakespeare, they're doing Twelfth Night, and I got like Sir Andrew, which is like a comedic, foppish role, big enough uh, in the thing where you're like, oh, that person's in the show. And like, I had never done Shakespeare before, but I just took to it because I was like a young kid. I didn't know like how to do it wrong. Mm. And then I was like, I fell in love with the school over time. Uh, like, uh, probably after that year of just like that same energy in an audition room is very powerful when you are just like, I don't want it, like whatever, or I, you want it, but you've got like some sort of that, that does something in a casting room when they mm. can feel behind the table that there's some inhibition that's not there or, or something holding you back that's not there. And it served me and it started me on a great trajectory in my college career. Uh, and so I studied theater arts. Uh, the degree was a BA, not a BA, a BFA. So it was really broad. So we would take, a, I had a focus in performance. I'd take plenty of performance classes, but I also had to take tech theater. Mm-hmm. I had to do costume technology. I had to do, uh, we had theater 300, which was a class where we had to, every, you had to fight. Everyone had to fight. Everyone had to a fight. Pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, students. <laughs> well, y'all had shields. You know, learn how to form an impenetrable wall yeah. of the shield. Yeah, yeah. And the teachers would fire arrows and spears at you. Yeah. And then it was Sparta. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was whoever all... got the lowest grade would get kicked into a well. Into a well. And whoever got the highest grade was the king. It was a Spartan curve. Yes. Yeah. The it only difference high. is we didn't wear like the wardrobe. Uh, so I'd go to Theater 300. It would be like we'd be in our regular clothes, but it would be very Spartan esque. And we'd have all these like hours that we had to do in regards to the theater. Like we had to do different mm. things. And so basically it was just training you on how to work in the arts regardless of if you're a performer on the stage. It was mm. like they want, wanted you to graduate and, and do so. So uh, That's smart. Oh, it was yeah. really smart. Really, really smart. And like hindsight, I was like, wow, I really struck gold. Um, but 
my college had an improv team. So my freshman year, they had this improv team. It's called WIG and uh, the Western Improv Group. Hell yeah. Uh, we love an acronym. Hell yeah. And so I'll try and blaze through the story as fast as I no, can. No, I'm loving it. I'm okay, loving cool, 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 cool. Um, but I remember WIG, right? And they had a, the UCB training company was coming my freshman year. And they couldn't even get enough students to come, come to the workshop because the club had fallen into disarray. And if it hadn't fallen into disarray, and I'm just saying it did, well, fuck you guys. In my opinion, <laughs> uh, who's club, got the microphone? Yeah, wig? Who's got the microphone? Wig. The club seemed to have fallen into disarray to the point where they were like, Howard, I think you'd really love this workshop with UCB. You should come. To which I responded, fuck all. No, I'm not going. <laughs> I don't even think this club is cool, right? This is my freshman year, right? That summer, I start feeling like, okay, you've gone through a freshman year of college, like you are you dipping your toes into adulthood. I wow. start coming to the city to visit my sister, and I see long-form improv for the first time. And I, my jaw hits the ground. I'm like, I cannot believe that this is what this is. This is f- fantastic. So flash forward. You said I'm something in, about sports. Yeah, yeah. It, to me, it felt like the the ultimate sport for the actor because it's all yeah. words it's all your the only instrument you have is your body it's theatrical and you are playing which to me i believe acting the, my truncated opinion of acting from the money i've spent to have acting teachers tell me <laughs> the opinion i should have on acting is that it's just improvising with your body so Ooh. like you learn the lines and then you're just improvising everything else as you flow this is it, ah, I, I love this. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I want you to continue the story, but we'll, we'll come back to this. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I, I, I loved that as an actor, and I just felt like it was so, so great. And I had seen so many people doing it at such a high level. I fell in love with it. I started taking classes at UCB, and then I always use this analogy when I describe it. But for those who've seen Bring It On, uh-huh. in Bring It On, there is a team of black cheerleaders that tear it up. And then the white cheerleaders sneak into their school. They steal all their dance moves and then they bring it like up, uptown to the nice white school in, in quotes and they steal all their moves, right? So that's what I did at UCB. I, <laughs> I was sitting there with my little notebook and my blonde hair, like jotting yeah. it all down, like everything. And I brought it back to my college. And then at the end of my freshman year, I, I left this part out. Wig, this club in disarray, right, was holding elections. Mm. And I was like, well, I'd always been involved in like some sort of uh, electoral position in, in high school, like involved in clubs and stuff. I was like, might as well. Might as well. What's the worst that can happen? And uh, these people who are doing it are some of my friends. So uh, let me do it. So I'm like, again, Johnny Big Dick's coming in. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I'm running for VP of the club that I've never attended. <laughs> I walked in. I gave a speech like... Uh, akin to a fireside chat. Um, actually, uh, I'm actually not going to get into this too long of a story, but um, I got the 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 gig. I was the vice president of the Western Improv Group, and then that summer happens. I see long form improv, and then I come back to the school. And you would have thought like I'd been touched by God. I was mm. like, guys, this is what it is. This is what it has to be. And then weirdly enough, we had UCB coming in to do another workshop, and. Something happened. There was some error where the drive, the person didn't come and they go. And I was just like standing there and I had finished UCB 101. And then I'm thinking to myself, Oh my God, wouldn't I love to just teach everyone this improv 101 workshop right now with this limited knowledge that I have from this little notebook? But I'm not going to just be like, Hey guys, what if I do this? I'm not because like I'm the cool kid. Like that's my vibe. Mm. For those who can't see me, that's (laughs) totally my vibe. So I wasn't going to suggest that (laughs) by any means. And then my good friend Christina was like, 
Howard, you took a class at UCB. Why don't you just lead us through some of the things? And boom, I was off. And uh, I like won the whole like respect of that improv community. I started building the improv community and like kind of stepped into way more of a leadership role. The president at the time sort of took a back seat because my passion was just so overbearing or his personal life i don't know um but <laughs> he just wanted the title and the paycheck man. yeah yeah that was that was it and so uh i took over the club and then i started a long form improv team uh and we would just practice and practice and practice and then i would bring in all these different uh improvisers from new york city or wherever i could find and we'd pay them through the school and have them come in and do shows i even had my sister's team at the time hero complex come in and do shows what? and then i would have them whoever came in and did a show i would have them do a workshop and mm-hmm. then i remember you guys know patrick Keene, right uh improviser party so. city Really terrific, terrific improviser, super smart guy. He was working for the UCB Touring Co. at the time, came to the, to my school, and you would have, like, I don't know who I thought I was, but I remember taking him aside. I had all the, the club officers make it look like I had a little office in the studio. Oh my God. I sat him down and discussed what I thought the, like, improv. Are you Ferris Bueller? Yeah. Oh my God. That was it. Like, I can't even make this shit up. And so I was sitting with him talking, like, this is what I think the club needs and this is where people's strengths are. <laughs> like, blah, 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 blah. And then we went in and did the workshop all with the goal of when I came to New York City having a leg up by having met all these people and, mm. and took in time to like break bread and talk with I them. I have to so. say this, this, uh, this meeting, this interview, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's one of the best I've had all quarter. Uh, might I say all year. I just, again, I, I really have to point out that I don't know if it's just my imagination, but I can swear that you're just a dog and an eight year old in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, he's quick. He's look, look how quick this gentleman is on his feet. That you say this thing out of the blue, and he starts making pitch perfect doggy noises. I didn't even take a breath, and he already had a response. I mean, this is. I mean, listen, Melvin and I, we we are making a very broad survey of providers in this market segment. Just looking around, really, we're just taking general. Ultimately, meetings. we're going to select one, but at the end of the day. When you're selecting somebody to supply you with millions of envelopes a year, the envelopes are all good. Envelopes are envelopes. Yeah. What we're really shopping for is people. People. Spirits, really. Personalities. Just just options that are coming in. My God. I mean, just so observant, just taken really with the room. The rapt attention to my blathering on. Uh, It makes me feel like a king. Yeah. It makes me feel like, like I'm the... Like I'm like I'm queen for a day. That's that's a really I mean, I don't know. I, I maybe I'm being a cynic that it's just an eight year old boy and a dog in a suit. Oh but- my god. Oh my god, hang on, hang on. Okay. Okay. I <clears throat> Sorry. Once he started mimicking my support dog's signaling that he detects uh a seizure coming on, I realized oh. there was a seizure coming on, so I just took my meds. You just saved Harrison's life. Oh, little dog is really heavy on my shoulders. So humble, he really heavy on my shoulders, and I'm getting lost in the coat. Melvin, we've got we've got what nineteen more envelope merchants. Let's just cancel it for the day. Do you want a treat? Oh, oh, oh. 
<laughs> it's so fun. Business is fun again, Melvin. I, I, I thank God for LinkedIn. Hey, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to burst in like this, but has anyone seen? My son, my name is Rebecca Morrison, and I've been canvassing the whole town because last night someone abducted my child and my dog. And so I've just been looking everywhere I can. And I, he had this weird air Mrs. Tag. Morrison, uh, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that, uh, you know, we can't help you. Maybe, we, maybe that gentleman. We can't help there. you find your son because, uh, He's he's found himself in a corner office. <laughs> My God, Harrison. We were looking to to just secure a contract with a vendor, but we're about to buy a vendor. We are about to acquire your company, make you part of our empire. You'll be making envelopes in-house for us, and you're going to be the head of the whole thing. Miss Morrison, your son is in this suit with that dog. Oh, dear God. And he's the greatest applicant that we've ever had. Are and you sure? They are. Are you sure the dog? Because it looks like the dog is really heavy on him. Are you saying my give, son is in there? Give him a thumbs up there, young man. <laughs> All right. I am very alarmed, and I would like to say something candid to you, gentlemen. Yes. I've watched this office rise and fall and do terrible things to this community. That's capitalism. Yeah. That's, that's capitalism. the envelope trade. And and, and I, I would like to say that, personally, I find you two to be quite strange. I mean, you see a dog and a boy, and you want to hire him. You want to hire this dog and boy to work and peddle your stupid fucking envelopes when there's a perfectly good, perfectly good human being that could have the job that's not a little boy wrapped in a coat with a little All dog on his shoulder. All right, I see where this is going, Melvin, don't you? Hmm? I think hmm? we've got a would, second corner office. Would mommy like her own corner office? Mrs. Oh, Morrison. don't you say it! Mrs. Morrison, you're hired. The whole family is coming along. <laughs> oh, my God. This is going to change so many things for us because literally we are struggling. So this will You be were good. struggling. But I still don't know if I want to work for you, too. Is it? Is it because our shirts are transparent? Is that, it that's a big part of it. Is it just the transparent shirts? Because that's only on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Is it because we both have mustaches above and below our lips? Mm. What is going on? On with your appearance. <laughs> wow. Ralphie, you, you pinched that one up just in time because it was going to get more and more bizarre. Because I trust you and me never to make it like yeah. bad, dirty. Uh, oh, yeah. Like dirty, yeah. bad. Yeah. And so it was just going to get more and more Lovecraftian bizarre. Where, wherever it goes, it goes, man. It's a, it's a beautiful time. It's mm. a beautiful time. I'll say. Is it I because my so eyes present. are constantly swirling in a spiral? <laughs> <laughs> Is it because a warm smell of lavender and laundry permeates my breath and Melvin's ears? Mm. <laughs> Etc. That's so true. So beautiful. Wait, 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 who, who's about to say something? Somebody, huh? somebody had a thought. You became the president. You were de facto. Oh my god! You were the. Back you were you Dick Cheney. This that guy. Story. Oh my god! You Can Dick you Cheney believe- the president by basically running the whole thing. I did Dick Cheney the president, and I would think the the. It person- went from Mister Big Dick to Mister Big Dick Cheney. Mister Big Dick yeah. Cheney. 
That's big dick energy. That's, that's and then the energy. shotgun comes back into it, and then big boom. Dick. What did you say, Johnny Big Johnny Big Dick? Johnny Big Dick. That's yeah. my go-to. Mm. That's my go-to. That's great. Like whenever I think someone's a piece of work, I'm like, oh, here comes Johnny Big Dick. Wow, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Beautiful. But I guess that's. Uh, I guess I think I'm a bit of a piece of work if you think about it. Mm. Um, but the college thing, yeah, that was so weird. But I uh, basically built like my own little. Imp- what I wanted, I wanted like the New York City improv scene at my college, and I did yeah. the what uh, the best I could to build it there, and it's still going. There's still like an eight person long form improv team, to the best of my knowledge. They Wonderful. still post on their Instagram, like they're still spreading the word about improv. So I feel like that's a job well done. And uh, when I graduated college, I had already been like through to 201, and then I was on diversity scholarship for 301 and 401, so I blazed through them, and then I remember it was like that That was when they made the switch to the academy at UCB, where it was like you couldn't just audition for a house team, you had to audition for the academy and then take an academy class, and then you could audition, so it's like a pre-screen, and I did that, and I got on, and then my class show for my academy class was like with Alex Dixon, Shout out to Alex Dixon and um, just the best person ever. Mm. Um, my class show got canceled, but we had two class shows, uh, one in the middle of the, the course and then one at the end. What and I re- canceled the first one? Well, the first one didn't get canceled. I just didn't show up. Oh. And ironically, the team names that they chose, Howard and Skills. How funny Aww. is that? Isn't that crazy? They love you Whoa. so much. They love me so much. But I didn't show up because I was doing improv um, at some college, I think, in North Carolina. Oh, okay, I was doing okay. a show. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, yo, is it cool if I do this? Thinking that she would be like, you're the coolest person ever for doing a show. She was like, I don't know. Like, if you want to miss class, if you think it's worth it, you do it. And mm-hmm. I was like, yo, you kept it real. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's my story. Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID happened. Then I kept doing improv online. And uh, now I'm doing some improv with my indie team, Birdie and Dusty. Uh, we're performing at the Steel Sacks uh, Improv Festival next week nice. in Philadelphia, and then we're doing Cage Match, which is like super huge for me. My first Cage Match, uh, and I think that's next. I wrote all the dates down. Who runs Cage Match now? I don't know <laughs> who, who runs it. Where? What theater is it at? Uh, it's at Caveat. Oh, at Caveat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm, a, a lot of the like UCB backbone I just saw people rat scraps there. Yeah. Yeah. With. Uh, Shannon O'Neill. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Connor Ratliff, right? Yep. You know, how I've been like so close to performing with Connor Ratliff on Happenstance just from those like little college shows. He's mm-hmm. been like a, a, attached to them and I've never met him. And I've been like, I'm it's been so close. And I've wanted to play with him so bad. I, I only know him because I saw him. Because it's funny. I, I, as small as the New York improv scene is, like, I don't know almost any UCB people I, i'm a i'm we, a very resolutely a we talked about this like, last time but yeah, yeah. Rocky. to me it's to be it is very small but it is small and it's of these pockets and there are people who bridge the pockets yep but there's lots of people in the pockets who kind of don't yeah i, I never i always stayed away and the pockets aren't are, are most 99 percent of everybody in the pockets or more uh has no ill will towards the other pocket it's just like once you get going like literally i took level one and two at ucb and would have kept going except that i had started pit classes earlier and got very, very busy at the pit and was like, I don't have time anymore. And so you, hey, so just, you um, keep, chess club, chess yeah, club. Right. Uh, I just, I want to say that Mr. Perkins chess club is probably mm. going to stomp the piss not out of Mrs. Danielle's chess club down the hall. Uh, and well, I'm, oh, I'm such a Perkins thing to say. I'm part of Mrs. We're both part of Mrs. Daniel's chess club and we're, we're all of the school chess team. 
We're one team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's like a real backwards way of looking at it. Because do you know that Philip? Philip, yeah, Philip, the captain of the chess team. Yeah, we all know. He just got into Harvard. He went to Harvard, thus making our chess team the best faction of the chess. Like, literally, I'm. It's it's this every time I'm sitting here. I'm watching a Perkins person and a Danielson person just yapping back and forth at each other, as though like those two chunks are the only things that exist. Meanwhile, there's plenty of people out here just playing chess independently in their own little groups and it's good you can find places to play chess anywhere you want i i i mean i I just want you to wait your turn in terms of seniority the independent chess club people you speak last Mm. that's just how the higher that's the informal hierarchy but that's how it goes in the meetings yeah do you even use checkered blocks or what is it triangles of dirt sometimes i think can find i think they play checkers sometimes and just put like tape on the Oh, you write the names on the pieces or something? Yeah, I just write the names on the yeah. pieces. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I get it. Some people can't afford like $480 a chess session. Like some people can't afford that. And that's no reflection because I think your parents do really work hard. They Listen, do if work you take hard. a bunch of checkers or coasters or coins, write the names of the pieces on them, and then play them on a discarded pizza box that was clean... And you're doing it down to the basement of a bar on 7th Avenue. Are you now you're not still playing chess though? Was it clean? The basement of what? A bar on 7th Avenue. A bar on 7th Avenue? Uh-huh. Wait, how did you guys get into a bar on 7th you guys, Avenue? You guys do chess in the triple night? Mhm. That it really that's really just Wait, like that a, underground dirty like stink hobble? It smells like crab cakes. Yes. Oh my god. You know that Gregory, right? You yeah. remember tall tall Gregory? Yeah. Do you know his girlfriend is 36? Are you kidding me? This guy is a reflection of the chess team and every reason why it's so There's like a whole cool. thriving community in the basement of the Triple Night and, um, you know, a couple little places in the outer boroughs and whatever. And sometimes just like in like regular theaters during their off nights. And you guys don't even know that they're there. And you just think that you're better because you're in the places that had the money to get to pay off We're a reviewer from time out. tournaments uh, all around the country and internationally. Of course, uh, your your faction goes to be you went to dubai and all that but dubai we've gone as dubai we've gone as far as washington state and that's that's the if your chess clubs are so great how come they're so elitist and and so cruel and wouldn't let any of us in we prefer ambitious that's what we prefer here yeah well we prefer like playing chess hey can i ask you something when you guys are in that Dumpy, dump, dump, underground bar. I would chess. call it drippy. All when right? you're in that drippy, moist, moldy underground bar, uh-huh. are you guys having an audience or is the audience made up of chess players waiting to play the chess? The latter. <laughs> I, the, the mayor has seen me play on several occasions. I've been invited to brunch. Oh, that's crazy! You you did brunch with the mayor. You know where I've been we... invited. I've never. Uh... Wait, guys, 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 it's a basketball player. Oh shit! Oh shit! Look oh, cool! Shit. Look cool! Oh, look, I'm look, tucking my chain. Look cool. Yo, what's up, uh, chess nerds? Yeah, that's fair. I just wanted to say, last week, my 
friends and I ended up weirdly having a few drinks because, you know, I got an older brother that buys his drinks. Anyways, we got a few drinks and we ended up weirdly at a <laughs> at this chess show. It was like a bunch of people playing chess and they were super into it and high energy. But I just remember it was one group. There's three kind of groups. There's one group playing outside, like chess on the street, mm-hmm. and they fucking like nobody want to watch them play. Mm-hmm. And then there was another group that was playing chess, and it was like the same as the last group that was playing chess. The only difference was how I felt about the people playing and that my personal connections to the people. And I remember thinking that the group that is your group, you the really sexy dude, mm-hmm. the real sexy dude dude in the big chess that's, room that's big dick johnny yeah yeah i remember thinking that they were the best i don't know but were not- you the guys who kept yelling dildo yeah we kept yelling dildo and pineapple that, I, I i i just i feel that it is right to say that every person who's part of the chess team is not only a chess player but a human being that should be respected yeah that should be valued for their merits, not only as a chess mind, yeah. but as but as a human being on 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 God's green earth mm-hmm. that has the right to pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's beautiful. That was really noble. Um, before we get the bus, I will just have to Venmo request you each three hundred dollars just for the time you spent in our chess lounge you could just you could just scan my phone yeah uh actually we have an admin person that does that so i will not Uh, i will not be the person doing that but you will hear from our admin maybe the mathathlon mathathlon guys could use oh the mathathlon guys are so into themselves like they just stand up there by themselves doing math doing their equations one of them's like really old one of them's like it is like 60s yeah, and look, somebody's gonna say it. The math guy's kind of pervy. I I love this school. See, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. I wonder if they got that we were mapping that over um, the, the comedy school. Well, this is what I want to talk about now. I I I love I love to to talk about this. I had um, should I? Na- I'm gonna name them because they were. I had a group in here, um, Countdown Theater. You know them? No. Um, no. Justin cool name, and Kelly. No. Nope. Uh, Sorry, Justin. Peters and Kelly. Uh, God, why am I forgetting Kelly's last name? Kelly. Um, you know them? I saw. No, I don't. Kelly. God. Damn it. If you walk away, it'll come back. To you. Yeah, they're wonderful <laughs> improvisers, but they um, they actually spend. They're based in New York, but they spend ninety percent of their year touring doing improv uh wow. and, and making wow. money doing it and um god damn it what is kelly's name anyway they were just straight up like i'm still fucking mad at the magnet they were just like <laughs> fuck the magnet," which is <laughs> I, I i don't i i i'm just the messenger you we're know just on, messengers. on what grounds I'm just, I'm, I'm, uh, they had they just had some beef from back okay. in the day but and and but it led it, it propelled them to having this really cool career yeah. but it is one of my favorite things to talk about which is like the personalities of the former New York Big Three, Improv Big Three, the UCB, the Pit, and the Magnet. And I, I'm, I, you, the way you were explaining it was so <laughs> brilliant. I Please talk about this. <laughs> I just, um, what did I say? Oh, I said that, like, for me, the way it was sold was it was like, I had obviously known a lot about the Pit community because my sister was a part of it. And, like, when you're a younger sibling, you don't want to, like, and I already do so many things that my sister mm. does. Like, you don't want to be, like, 
doing everything she does. So I was like, oh, there's another school. And the word on the street is that there's competition. Like there was like always like subtle competition or like you could always tell because if you bring it up, like somebody's literal body like positioning would change if you were like wow. at the pit and you were like, oh, so I'm taking a class at UCB, like, or I, I want to be on a house team at UCB, their energy would change. Vice versa, you're at UCB and you're like, oh yeah, I just did this great show at the pit. They're kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What? And I would get that like wow. one or two times enough where I was like, oh, so there, there's some beef here. And uh, UCB got my money first. So I was like, all right, well, I've picked my camp. Yeah. And um I really was a, a part of it for a long time. I'm interested to see what happens when it comes back. I do think that the pandemic did have some positive effects on improv into showing the community that was kind of divided into these three pillars, how easily the whole thing can fall apart yeah. and how it's just like when you can do it, just hang on to it and enjoy uh. doing it. And uh, hopefully... Yeah, and I also was kind of ignorant to a lot of the social criticisms that were at the different theaters because I was very young at the time. You know what I mean? I was like 19, 20. Like I'm trying to figure mm -hmm. out how to comport myself as a human being, let alone figure out how is this theater exactly discriminating against me? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, So it was, it was confusing, but it, it was cool. And they always sold UCB as like – you will like you're going to be surrounded by you there's legacy the legacy that kind of word it was the legacy mm. that sold it whereas it felt like the pit was selling community ucb was selling legacy both of them had community but it was just kind of like different packaging as to what they were selling i can't speak for the magnet as much because i i had never been a part of it yeah um but you know if, if you guys want to have me if the magnet is listening just know that i'll have i'll come I'll be a part of your community, and then I'll do clever commentary on it years later. I have it on good authority that the magnet. I don't know anything about it. I don't know. <laughs> um, I I want to say uh, we're, we're just meeting really. To well, we met randomly on the street the other day, right before you oh came on the God, show. Oh my God! I forgot that that happened. Yeah, yeah. We were randomly met on the street like three days ago. Oh, you're on 18th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I do. One thing that's striking me just about your story and the and the hour and a half I've gotten to know you is like <clears throat> I feel like you have such a great perspective on the on the like I guess good fortune that you've had like think th when things have fallen in line for you you really like point them out and I feel like not only grateful for them but like I'm gonna take advantage of this yeah yeah that's what I'm and trying like to do, yeah. that's such a I, I don't know. That's such. A, I feel like an old man right now, being like given. But like, I, I, think that, I don't see that every day. I don't see that every day. Yeah, but that's such a great quality. I think that's. Oh, thank you. There's very not much. a lot of. I don't often hear people be like, "Man, it was so cool. This happened for me, and I here's how I took advantage of it." I just yeah. think that's so awesome. I, I I'm gonna say. I wonder if that comes from your sister because she's so she's so like no. positive and like. But I'm gonna give that to you. That's yours. I'll take that one. I'll take literally whatever I can from her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a parasite. I'm actually not her sibling. I'm I mean, the, <laughs> like the, the the phenomena that you're talking about there. If it was a if there was a negative basis to the relationship, you rather than like, well, I'm going to blah blah blah, and then go to UCB. It's I'm going to do all those things that I learned from Rocky are possible. 
and I'm going to do them in Los Angeles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Another if like place. if like it was like that and she blazed that trail, but you hated each other's guts or you hated you her guts. 30 seconds left. Okay. West plug Coast. plug things that plug you, it. Plug okay. things. Oh shit. My uh, phone is where I run everything. Okay, so let's oh, see shoot. how much I remember. So uh, uh, uh just uh. I would say the number one plug is to follow me on Instagram at Howard Hendricks Powell, H O W A R D H E N D R I X P O W E L L. Um uh, I'm a model, I'm an actor, I'm a comedian, and I'm a writer. And if you liked anything you heard here, uh, I would suggest following me for more content yeah. because I will not stop until I'm Kevin Hart Rich. Also, Wild Nights with Rocky podcast. Yes. Do uh, it. You guys got to follow it. You got to listen to it. It's fire. Uh, another plug. Uh, last Drop, my friend Caroline Cianci is doing a show uh, February 6th. Go, it's 